came here to see our children's home after being over at Brother Finney's. And uh, we know Brother Finney, where he stands on the Bible and where he stands on missions and so many other things. So how many of you think we ought to just go ahead and take this family on for support and uh, maybe help them and able to reach some of these children over there? All in favor, raise your hand. All opposed, same sign. All right. Praise the Lord. I know there's a lot of work to be done there. And um, they have many other things, school, campus, uh, ministries, hospital ministries, prison ministries, and uh, so many others. So praise the Lord for that. All right. Well, <clears throat> I think we have one more song, if I'm not mistaken. Who we have singing next? Come right on ahead. By the way, we have graduation, K-5 graduation, 17th. Isn't that right, Kelly? And uh, our graduation for our Christian school and college is on the 20th. And um, how, many of our, how many of our guys are graduating this year? If you're here and you're graduating, would you stand? Our graduates, would you stand? How about that? Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. And um, hard to believe some of these guys that came in are going to be on their way out. And, um, but uh, we're, we're glad that we'll be able to do something in regards to seeing them matriculate uh, this coming week. All right. Thank you, guys. You can be seated. Christine. <clears throat>
Thank you, Christina. Christina is going to be married in, I don't know how many days, but how many? 69 days? How about that? Did you know that, Caleb? Where are you, Caleb? Caleb? Where are you, Caleb? I'm looking. Everybody's pointing. Did you know it was 69 days? Do you have any hours? I'm just, just going to ask. And uh, they're going to they're gonna get married, and then they're going to go and work with his dad there in Virginia. Um, and uh, we, uh, we wish them all the best and certainly appreciate them being here. It's also been good to have my mother here with us, and uh, she'll be leaving in the morning. And uh, just glad Mom got to be here a little while today. Um, all right, if you'll take your Bible, and I, I know what time it is, and I'm, I'm going to do what I said I was going to do tonight. I want you to turn to Revelation chapter 13. And after you get Revelation 13, I want you to get Ezekiel chapter 9. And tonight I'm going to do more teaching than I am preaching. This morning I got to do the preaching. Boy, I had a good time preaching about our help comes from the Holy Spirit. And I appreciate I have a helper, and I'm thankful for that. We all have that. Ezekiel chapter 9, Revelation chapter 13. So the reason for even kind of stepping this direction is because I was asked to speak, sixth grade class, give my testimony, and they began to ask questions. And the questions they asked, they were asking about uh, particularly the tribulation. And more, I would say more uh, often than not, the question was directed not toward the Antichrist um, or any of the aspects of the plagues and the vials and those things that we poured out in the tribulation. But it was more about the mark of the beast and of those things. And so what we have in front of us in Revelation chapter 13, I think, is the definitive passage on that particular subject. Now, I think you can add to that Daniel chapter 7 and Daniel chapter 11. So if you wanted additional material, you want to go home and read about it, go to Daniel 7. Daniel 11 speaks much about the Antichrist as well as 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. So if you put all four of those chapters together, it would give you a great view of perhaps something that you and I are not going to have to worry about at all. So I think I probably need to go ahead and get that out of the way now. Um, Revelation chapter 13 comes after Revelation chapter 4 and 5. And Revelation chapter 4 and 5, there is a, there's a voice that comes from heaven and tells John to come up hither. You and I, you and I, just like John being called up hither, we are not going to be here during the tribulation. I know there are some people that believe that. I know there are people that teach that. I think they misunderstand the purpose of the tribulation. The purpose of the tribulation is a time of Jacob's trouble according to Daniel chapter 9. In Daniel chapter 9, and we went through that, there is a period of time that God is finishing the transgression, that he is bringing in an everlasting kingdom. And that is something that you and I are going to be absent from. You say, well, don't you think there ought to be a purging of the church? Absolutely not. I think the church was purged at Calvary. Right. Right. I, I don't have any additional thing that I need to do to get ready to meet the Lord. That all got taken care of the day when he said it is finished and he got out of the grave on the third day. Right, right. So there's no additional purging. Now, that doesn't mean the church doesn't need to purify itself, but no more purging. So in Revelation chapter 13, we'll read just a little bit. Verse 1, I stood upon the sand of the sea, and I saw a beast rise up out of the sea. That's the Antichrist. Beast rising out of the sea, having seven heads and ten horns, and upon his horns ten crowns, and upon his head 
the name of blasphemy. And the beast which I saw was like a leopard, and his feet were as the feet of a bear, and his mouth as the mouth of a lion. And the dragon gave him power and his seat and great authority. Carries you right back to Daniel chapter 7, but it says that the dragon, that's the devil, the dragon gave him his power and his seat and great authority. And I saw one of the heads as it were wounded to death. Some believe that the Antichrist will receive a wound that appears to, that he dies, and I, I'm not going to debate that. Not, I'm not saying it's not correct. I'm just saying that there are many that believe that. And his deadly wound was healed, and all the world wondered after the beast, and they worshiped the dragon. Don't you underline that in your Bible? They worshiped the dragon. Now, I found the dragon in the chapter previous. In the chapter previous, in chapter 12, verse number 3, and there appeared a wonder in heaven, and behold, a great red dragon. You say, preacher, do you believe in dragons? If the Bible says that there's a great red dragon, absolutely I believe in dragons. You say, have you ever seen one? Nope, I'm thankful I haven't. Right. Having seven heads and seven horns and seven crowns upon his head, verse number 9 tells you who that great dragon is. And that great dragon was cast out, that old serpent called the devil, and Satan, which deceiveth the whole world. So we know who the dragon is in, verse, in chapter 12, and in chapter 13, the Antichrist causes people to worship the dragon. Then look down with me, if you would, verse 11 of chapter 13. I beheld another beast coming up out of the earth, and he had two horns like a lamb, and he spake as a dragon, the false prophet. And the false prophet, the Bible says, look what he does. Verse 12, he exerciseth all the power of the first beast before him, the Antichrist, and causeth the earth and them which dwell therein to worship the first beast. So maybe you'd underline that, worshiping the dragon, worshiping the first beast, the Antichrist, whose deadly wound was healed. Now, verse 13, he doeth great wonders. He does things that are amazing, things that you would not expect things that aren't done by CGI graphics, things that are done in replication of what Elijah was able to do and what Moses was able to do in coming out of the land of Egypt. In fact, if you look back in your Bible in the book of Exodus, the, the magicians of Pharaoh also worked many miracles. You know where it stopped? They couldn't create life out of nothing. You know why? Because there's only one God that can create life. They said, you know, we can't turn this dust into life. We can't do that. This is the finger of God. Verse number um, 13, he doeth great wonders. Verse 14, and he deceiveth them that dwell on the earth by the means of those miracles which he had power to do in the sight of the beast. Verse 15, and he had power to give life to the image of the beast. That's idolatry. If you would write out maybe in the flyleaf of your Bible that he's promoting idolatry, the worship of the beast, that the image of the beast should both speak and cause that as many would not worship the image of the beast should be killed. In other words, either you worship this image, this idol, or you lose your life. You know what? I'm glad I have a God that I can worship and I don't lose my life. I've, I've received life from him and he deserves my worship. But here, the false prophet is trying to get people to worship the image of the beast. Now, here's the text that we want, verse 16. Look at it in your Bible. And he causeth. All, both small and great, rich and poor, free and bond to receive a mark in their right hand or in their foreheads. And that no man might buy or sell save he that had the mark or the name of the beast or the number of his name. Here is wisdom. 
Let him that hath understanding count the number of the beast, for it is the number of a man, and his number is six hundred threescore and six. So the number is six, six, six. We do not know what the name is, nor do we know exactly what the mark is, but we know that all three are joined together for one purpose. In verse 16, he causeth all, both small and great, to receive this mark, number, or name. Now, I want you to have a mark in, in the book of Ezekiel because I want you to see a similar um, account of something from a completely different perspective and time frame. Go back, if you would, to Ezekiel 9. Now, Ezekiel 9. Ezekiel chapter 9, verse number 1, And he cried in my ears with a loud voice, saying, Cause them that have charge over the city to draw near, every man with his destroying weapon in his hand. So judgment is about to fall in Jerusalem. And behold, six men came from the way of the higher gate, which lieth toward the north, and every man a slaughter weapon in his hand. And one man among them was clothed with linen with a writer's inkhorn by his side. And they went in and stood beside the brazen altar. And the glory of the God of Israel was gone up from the cherub whereupon he was to the threshold of the house. And he called the man clothed with linen, which had the writer's inkhorn by his side. And the Lord said to him, Go through the midst of the city, through the midst of Jerusalem, and set a mark upon the foreheads of the men that sigh and that cry for all the abominations that be done in the midst thereof. In other words, there are men in Jerusalem that are grieving, that are heartbroken over the idolatry and the wickedness that they see being practiced. And he says, here's what I want you to do. Before the slayer, before these men go through the city and pass judgment, the first thing I want you to do is I want you to go and I want you to set a mark on those men's head. Look at it, what the Bible goes on to say. Verse number 5, And the other said, In mine hearing, go ye after through the city, and smite, let not your eyes spare, neither have ye pity. Slay utterly old and young, both maids and little children and women, but come not near any man upon whom is the mark, and begin at my sanctuary. Then they began at the ancient men which were before the house. So prophetically, prophetically I think that refers to something that we have in Revelation chapter 14. But I think here what you have is you have an ink horn and if you think about an ink horn, an ink horn or an ink well, certainly something that's full of ink and that horn being something that if you were to take and you were to put a mark on their foreheads, then what would I have on my head if I put an ink horn and, and put that mark on my forehead? What would you see when I moved it away? you see a black spot, right? And it might be running down, but you would have, that's what, there would be a visible spot that's right there. And here's what he said. I'm going to put a mark on all those men that are grieving, that are burdened over the wickedness. And we're not going to touch them, but all the rest are going to die at the hands of these that come in to slay. Now, the mark of the beast is not the only mark in the book of Revelation. Go back, if you would, to Revelation chapter 13 and then step a little bit forward to Revelation 14. Revelation 14, and I looked, and lo, a lamb stood on the Mount Sion, and with him 144,000 having their father's name written in their forehead. So they have a name written in their forehead. Now, if you go back to chapter 7, you see this same 144,000 there. Go back to chapter 7 for just a moment and look there. In verse number 3, the Bible says, saying, Hurt not the earth, neither the seed or the trees, till we have sealed 
the servants of our God in their foreheads. And I heard the number of them which were sealed, and they were sealed 140 and 4,000 of all the tribes of the children of Israel. Now, there are some that want to try to make that a completely different denomination of people, a religion, um, the 144,000 Jehovah's Witnesses. And the only problem with that is that these men are all virgins, and uh, these men are certainly not somebody promoting anything that has to do with the kingdom down here. In fact, I, I tell you right now, listen, you and I, you and I, you know what we ought to be promoting? The Lord Jesus Christ. I'm not promoting a kingdom. Now, I do believe we ought to invite people to church. I think we have a good church. Amen. I think we have a good church. So I can invite people there, but I'm not promoting a kingdom. I'm promoting Jesus Christ. All right, but what he's saying is, I've taken these 144,000 and we're going to seal them in their forehead. And then he tells you, in chapter 14, that there is a name of the Father in their forehead. Well, when you compare that to Revelation 13, certainly there is a counterfeit that's being passed. How many of you believe that everything God does, the devil loves the counterfeit? You believe that? Yeah, that's why I believe, listen, I, I believe with all my heart that this King James Bible is the inerrant, preserved Word of God. I do believe that others are a counterfeit. You say, well, do you believe that you, can, you can't get saved from one of those? No, not at all. I believe you get saved through the power of the gospel. But I believe it's a counterfeit. Just like I believe so many other things out there that are counterfeits. I believe that we ought to assemble together. Are you listening to me? I think we ought to assemble together as the church of the living God and not be involved in some parachurch organization. All right. I think those are counterfeits. All right. And so this mark of the beast is a counterfeit that kind of flies in conjunction with the 144,000 that have been sealed and that have their father's name in their forehead. All right. So... The idea then in chapter 13 is this, and look at it again. Verse 16, he causeth all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and bond. There is a cause that he uses to cause everyone on the earth. Now, again, look at it. He causeth all. That's inclusive. I have no idea what the Greek word would be for that. I'm just telling you that in English, all means all. He causeth all, and it doesn't matter if you're small or if you're great, if you're rich or if you're poor, if you're free or you're a slave. It doesn't make any difference. Everybody on the face of the earth is going to be forced by a cause to take the mark of the beast. And you say, well, um, you know, that, that sounds a little far-fetched. You know, we probably would have believed that until COVID came along, wouldn't we? When COVID came along, there are a lot of things that happened we never would believe happened. Did you hear what Brother Carol Hughes said? They haven't had school on the reservation for two years. I would say that's control. How many of you remember when we had to stay in our homes and couldn't go outside? You remember that? How many of you remember when we had to meet outside in the parking lot instead of having to meet in here? You remember that? I mean, there were a lot of things that were told, okay, you've got to have a vaccine if you're going to fly on a plane. And there are people that lost their jobs because of the cause of COVID. Now, you say, do you think then that the vaccine, no, I don't think the vaccine is the mark of the beast. Don't believe that. But I do believe it gives us a precursor of what may come to pass. And what's going to happen is that that, that, that is going to be something that will be required, if you look at it again, verse 17, that no man might buy or sell save that he had the mark or the name of the beast or the number of his name. So in other words, are you listening to me? The results of taking the mark of the beast is you can't prosper without it. 
Boy, now, isn't that the devil? The devil wants to make a deal with you. Hey, look, if you'll just let me mark your life, I can give you some prosperity. But you know what? There's always a bill that comes due with the devil's prosperity. If you'll let me, I'm going to put a mark in your forehead or I'm going to put a mark in your right hand or I'm going to put a name there or I'm going to put a number there. And if you'll do that, then you can prosper. You can buy. You can sell. And I'm not talking about the supermarket. I'm talking about men that have huge corporations that sell huge amounts of product and all kind of things. Those men, you'll either have the mark of the beast to be able to buy and sell and get gain or you won't be in the market anymore. So you're going to have to you're going to have to make an agreement with me. Hey, young people, let me tell you something. Don't ever make an agreement with the devil and anything he has to offer. He's a liar. Just like the Antichrist. The Antichrist is going to promise the world peace. You can see when he rides in on that white horse, just him, he's coming in to promote peace. But you know, after that, follow several other horses that don't have anything to do with peace. And I'm telling you, he's going to come in and make all kinds of promises, but he's a liar. The devil is a liar, and the Antichrist is a liar. You take this mark, and you're going to prosper. Well, I'm going to tell you some other things that happen if you take the mark. Look at chapter 14. Again, these young people asking questions. Well, what if you take the mark of the beast? Well, here's what happens. Chapter 14, if you look there in verse number 10, the same shall drink of the wine of the wrath of God, which is poured out without mixture in the cup of his indignation. And he shall be tormented with fire and brimstone in the presence of the holy angels and in the presence of the Lamb. Verse 9, and the third angel followed them, saying with a loud voice, If any man worship the beast and his image and receive his mark in his forehead or in his hand, the judgment of God, the wrath of God is going to be poured out on them. Hey, you listen to me? So the devil says through the Antichrist and the false prophet, hey, you need to take my mark, my number, my name, and you can be prosperous. And you know what chapter 14 says? If you take that mark, that number, that name, you're going to experience the wrath of Almighty God. I'd say it wouldn't be worth it. Amen? But again, we don't have to worry about that because we're not going to be here. Not going to be here. Look again, chapter 16. Chapter 16, the results of taking this mark of the beast. Chapter 16, verse number 2, the vials are being poured out on the earth. And the first vial went, and, or the first went and poured out his vial upon the earth, and there fell a noisome and greasome sore upon the men which had the mark of the beast and upon them which worship his image. Satan said to Jesus, if you'll just worship me, I'll give you all of this. And you know, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus answered him, it is written, you know, thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shalt thou serve. I don't think what you have to offer. But every man that has the mark of the beast, every woman, every boy, every girl, every senior citizen, doesn't matter what your language is, doesn't matter what your gender is, doesn't matter what your nationality is. The Bible is very clear in Revelation 16, 2, that upon them falls a noisome and grieves a sore, noisome. You know, the only thing I can think about a, a sore being noisome is that when you touch it, there's somebody crying out from it. Now, I have never had shingles, but I understand that they are very painful, very painful. And what I'm saying is that somebody that takes the mark of the beast, not only will they be prosperous, but they'll also experience the wrath of God, chapter 14, chapter 16, they'll experience a sore and a grievous, noisome sore being put upon them. And those people that take that mark, the question was asked, well, what happens to them? Well, they're damned for all eternity. 
And you know what? That just reinforces that you and I, are you listening? I'm so glad I can say this tonight. You and I are eternally the children of God by faith. I have been born again, and because of that, I am now a child of the living God. I preached it just this past Wednesday. God is my Father, and that will never change for all eternity. So I'm not worried about the mark of the beast. I'm not worried about if they put me under anesthesia and they go in there and they try to fix something. I wake up and I've got some little tattoo somewhere on the inside, the outside, some little chip planted. I, listen, I'm telling you right now, I can't take the mark. You can't take the mark because if you did, you'd end up in hell. And there's no way God would put one of his children in hell because he's paid for you for all eternity. You understand what I just said? So you can't, you can't take the mark of the beast. You say, well, what if I get into tribulation? Well, I... You can't go to the tribulation either. I, I remember one year teaching on that in the high school. I, well, I was only there in, as a teacher one year, and we were, having a, we were talking a debate. Again, these young people wanted to know about the prophecy and the mark of the beast. And boy, this young man, he asked a question. He said, Mr. Logan, I got a question. I said, go ahead. He said, what if I'm in the tribulation and somebody sneaks in and my house, pulls me outside in the middle of the night, forces me to take the mark of the beast, how would it be just for God to put me in hell? And I can remember so vividly just telling this, son, you need to quit worrying about trying to figure a way around taking the mark of the beast in the tribulation and get saved now so you don't have to worry about that down the road. Now, the mark of the beast, I have no idea what that mark looks like. If there's any kind of correlation to Ezekiel chapter 9, it's something visible. I have no idea what the name is. But it says his name, just like God's name, is in the forehead of his children. I do know what that number is, 666. And, you know, I, I'm really not afraid of that number. I just know what it is. I, I think that uh, I had a credit card one time. And the last four digits were 666. No, excuse me. No, the last four. Six, 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 six. You said that make you afraid? No. The bills that came due made me afraid, but not the number. <laughs> no. Now, I would be honest with you. I, I don't think I'd want to stay on the sixth floor in six, six, six. You say, why not? I just wouldn't. I'd probably have to stay in six, six, five. <laughs> I appreciate the way Brother Stephen says we're going to sing 665 plus one. The world understands there's something about that number. Those numbers have been turned into all kinds of different pieces of artwork. There's all kinds of different things tied to that. I'm just telling you, you don't have to fear the mark of the beast. You don't have, unless you're not saved. And if you're not saved and the rapture takes place tonight, you got a lot to be afraid for. Now, that's not said to make you afraid. That's just to answer some questions. Now, there's a lot that people try to conjure and could sub subject about all these things. And, and uh, I'm just telling you that from the Bible, what I just given you from the Bible, that's the best I can give you on what the Bible teaches about the mark of the beast. So, any questions? All right. Well, either we got it all, 
We got none of it? Or are you just, you're done? <laughs> Amen. Brother Jim? Okay, my answer to that would be when my son-in-law Abraham Tillman gets back, he will give you the answer to that question. <laughs> he teaches our Hebrew history. Brother Rugg, you want to answer that question? He wants to know why Dan is not in the, the listing of the 144,000 as far as a tribe. Do you have an answer to that? <laughs> like I said, when Brother Abraham Tillman gets here, we'll go ahead and let you answer that. All right, any other question about the mark? Okay, got, got something I want to do tonight then. A couple things. Brother Hughes, I want you to come forward with your grandson back there, if you would. Brother Carol, if you could just come down here. Brother Rob, would you come this way? Brother Carol, if you guys just want to stand over here, that'd be just great. And um, Brother Rob, if you'll just meet me right there. This is Brother Rob Martinez, and he is... Uh, he is relocating from um, Rhode Island. Is that correct? Yes, sir. I'm going to let you hold that. He is, uh, were you in the Marines? I was in the Navy. You were in the Navy, that's right. I just want to get that right. Um, and he is coming from um, Naughty Oak Baptist Church from Coventry, Rhode Island, and he would like to join Tabernacle Baptist Church, and he'd like to do it by letter. So all in favor of taking, the letter's already arrived. We, we don't have to say until the letter gets here. The letter's already arrived. How many in favor of taking in Brother Rob Martinez? All right, so now we've got another family member. Praise the Lord. Would you mind just telling them a little bit about how you ended up here? You'll have to hold that up a little bit. Sure. So um, back on April, April 1st, I moved. Uh, I had been deciding. Uh, kind of like what Pastor was talking about tonight. Um, I lost my job because of the, I needed to either get the jab or lose my job. I decided to resign my position, uh, and I was working for the U.S. Navy. And the Lord put it in my heart uh, and gave me peace to come to uh, Greenville, South Carolina. And um, my pastor was the one who actually recommended tabernacle because he had uh, been in a service where Pastor Seitler had preached and one of the first questions I asked before I even was going to decide to move to Greenville was do you know of a good Bible believing church and he absolutely <laughs> said tabernacle and I'm like so I started checking every, every service out online and uh, I'm thankful and grateful that the Lord has led me to this church. Amen. Amen. Brother Rob, how, how long did you watch online before you actually came down? About seven months. I'd say that that help you know a little bit about where you are. Amen. Rob, we're so glad that you're here. And then on, on a little bit, uh, a little bit, a little bit more of a, I guess a sad note, not altogether, but Daniel and Christian and Catalina, would y'all step up here? 
Now, if I'm not mistaken, let's see. I always get it wrong. Daniel. I knew that I was going to get that wrong. Christian. Daniel, did you get saved during the revival or you get saved? You got saved at Bible time. All right, all right. So, Christian, have you been saved since you've been here? The year before he got saved. And Catalina, we already know you got saved back during the revival, right? Well, why don't you come stand right here? And um, these are children that we've been able to enjoy, and that time is, is coming to a close. And so what I want to do tonight, one, I, I want you all to know we, we love you. That's a $2 bill. You're welcome. And um, I also want you to know that you've always got a place that you can come back to here. And if nothing else, we can go and get eat some ice cream together or something like that. And, um, and I want you, if you would tonight, as we dismiss, if you just come by, tell Brother Hughes, aren't, listen, 80 years old and still on the mission field. <laughs> I appreciate that. And so, if you stand to your feet, um, we'll be dismissed. And uh, Brother Ken, if, play us a good song, Brother Ken. Just play it for a little while. And, and um, I believe we have a Bible quiz team tonight meeting. And, yeah. Lord, we thank you for Brother Carol Hughes and the ministry that he and Jan enjoyed so many years together there in Arizona. And, that he would go to Bible college at age 50 and then that he would go to a, a very difficult place. We thank you for that, Lord. And I pray, I pray you'd give him strength and enable him. But Lord, I pray you'd raise up some other people that would step that direction. And we thank you for Brother Rob Martinez and another gentleman that wants to find a place where he can hear the Bible preached and fellowship with, with people that believe the Bible is the Word of God and that love Jesus. And then, Lord, we thank you for Christian. And we thank you for Daniel. And we thank you for Catalina. We're most grateful, Lord, that during their time here, that they all were able to put their faith in the only thing that will carry them in this next world. Amen. And God, we thank you for saving them, and we pray that you would keep them as they step on out into the next step of their life, the next phase of life. And Lord, never let them get away from what you put down in their heart. And like we preach today, God, we pray that you're Holy Ghost would be their helper, and we pray that you would enable them to fulfill the purpose that you made them for. Thank you, Lord, for those that work and labor in the children's home, and I pray that as they have to carry burdens of seeing people move forward and move on, that you would lighten that load and, and put some, some grace in their heart. We'll thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. Dismissed. Amen. Brother Carol.